0: Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash mom hour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah.
1: Hey everyone and welcome to episode 431 of the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey Sarah.
0: Hey Megan, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I am so
1: happy to be like, you know, legitimately into September, into meal planning, into all the stuff that happens in my kitchen. It is like my favorite time of year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't get quite the crispness in the air that you do, but um, you get Christmas in your soul. I do in my soul, and definitely in my <laughs> yes. kitchen. Having the kids away from the kitchen during the school yeah. year actually makes me want to have them in my kitchen eating later. <laughs> there's like a, there's like some kind of inverse proportionality. The, <laughs> yeah,
1: I love it. That is so true. Well, we talk about cooking a lot on this show, but um, the other day I was actually we're doing a a meal planning challenge in the reInvent community that I run. And it got me thinking about the tools I use. And, it, and then I realized, well, we haven't really done an episode anytime recently where we just talk about kitchen tools and gadgets. And that could be anything from like a small appliance that you use all the time to I don't know a spoon that you love.
0: It's the little things that make a big difference. So yeah, we're using tools and gadgets very liberally here. I mean, I guess if we can physically lay our hands on it in the kitchen, it counts.
1: Well, right. I mean, I think the original tool was like, what, a rock that, you know, (laughs) somebody cut smashed grains with or something. That's the original kitchen tool. Also, this is a great time for me to talk about this because I very recently combined households with my new husband. And so now I have a whole bunch of new gadgets to try and also to try to combine my gadgets with. And it's been very interesting. I, I haven't even done a full deep dive into the cupboards and cabinets. Like I'm talking the under cabinets, the ones, the stuff that rarely gets pulled out. I don't even know exactly what is all under there, but every few days I feel like I open a door and I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, what's this? What is this thing I own now? And do I want to try it?
0: I love that. I'm laughing because last week we talked about the much more emotionally complex, um, situation of blending your families. And so if listeners didn't catch that episode, it was a really, really good episode, but I'm giggling a little bit because I don't know. Blending kitchens also sounds kind of fraught in addition to blending finances and children. I would say if anything, but
1: definitely the kitchen is the most emotional room in the house to to blend. And um, I know we're going to get into talking a little bit about our partners and their personalities and like how those can kind of conflict about how we use tools or whether we use tools. But I have to say the other day, Eric and I were, I don't know, we weren't bickering or anything, but we were just having a little silly moment in the kitchen. And I was like, this is my room. You just need to like get out of here and let me have, this is mine now. And I'm sorry that it's been yours for all this time, but now it has to be mine, which isn't really fair. But It needs to be like disproportionately mine for a bit so that we can achieve balance. That's how I feel.
0: Yeah. And especially if it sounds like he's very accommodating and probably doesn't care, but maybe he cares about a few things in the kitchen. If he doesn't care that much, I agree. He should just step aside. You you are a really good kitchen manager. I know that about you. So it's not like you're blazing in with terrible ideas. I'm I'm on team no, Megan for this one. Uh, but unfortunately, I think the kitchen's also
1: his favorite place. So like sure. it is a little bit. It's it's a little if there's a turf war anywhere in the house, that's where it is. But yeah. we're working through it.
0: Well, let's dive into like I guess our quirks and personalities as it relates to kitchen gadgets, gizmos and appliances in a more general way and we should say that we're breaking this into two parts. We have lots to say about this topic. And we have actual products to recommend and talk about, but it feels like there's like context setting that needs to happen first, just about how we feel about the stuff that comes into our kitchen.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and also I want to say that this is an area that I can be rather inconsistent and overly, um, persuadable by marketing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I, I would say, for example, that I am in. I'm more of a simpler, um, like more simplicity minded, less is more don't love unitaskers unless it's the unitasker I love. See, Mm -hmm. this is where I can be very, and by unitasker, I think that I got that from Alton Brown or something, but that just means that, um, a gadget or a gizmo that only really has one use.
0: And it could be something really tiny, like an apple core, or it could be a countertop appliance that. Only, yeah. do, you know, a coffee pot is technically a unit thing. Well, just yeah, so it's a can thing. opener. Yeah. And if you
1: open a lot of cans, you'd be, you know, or any, if you open one can a week, you'd be hard pressed to figure out another way to get around that. So sometimes there are, there are like small appliances or um, utensils that are so specialized that you're like, okay, come on now. But then sometimes they really work. So I guess my general approach would be like, I don't love them in theory. But in practice, I have some and and some of them are my very, very favorites. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little inconsistent. How about you?
0: Yeah, I I thought a lot about this because I similarly, my first thought was, well, I am more of a minimalist. I'm an underbuyer. I don't like to have stuff just to have stuff. But I think what it comes down to with the kitchen is what I don't like is cluttered drawers, cluttered cupboards. I really don't like that feeling of having to dig through a bunch of stuff to find one item. So if my unitaskers are all being used regularly, or even if they're not used regularly, but like I have a lamb, I have a lamb cake mold that I use once a year at Easter that could, you couldn't get more specific and, you know, I guess annual than that, but I know where it goes. It's out in the garage in a bin of lesser used things. So to me, it all comes down to. Is it getting in the way of me accessing the things I access regularly? And is there anything that could be purged? And we'll get into this when we talk about our partners. I don't like hanging on to stuff that's never going to be used. Um, So I I also have a little bit of like a both and with the unitaskers. And I guess the last thing I'll say is I do think some kitchen tools and gadgets claim to solve a problem that isn't really a problem. problem. And those I don't love either, but that's, that's very subjective for some people like an apple corer. For example, if you are cutting apples for your kids 20 times a day, then an apple specific gadget, which we have a couple of contributors who shared that that was like the one that they are loving. That makes a lot of sense. My apple corer has clogged up my miscellaneous utensils drawer for like four years. I should just probably throw it away. So it's all very personal. Well, the apple
1: corer is a great example because I also, there was a time in my life where I used that thing you know, five young kids at home. Mm-hmm. Um, this time of year when apples were coming coming into season, I was constantly using it. And then there came a day where like it's got this awkward shape to it. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I don't they're probably not all the same, but mine had sort of like um the the handles kind of came up yep. a little so bit. It's like so it flat, never <laughs> but
0: not flat enough. <laughs>
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. So suddenly I was like, Well, why would I keep this? Like I'm not it's not like I'm making apple pies every day. So now the cost benefit. Yeah ratio is off. Um, To your point about things that solve a problem that doesn't really exist, I guess that it kind of depends on the problem you think you have. And the Instant Pot is one that comes into my mind. Um, I can be very easily swayed when I believe something will deliver on the dream of having like a home-cooked family meal. And When I was working outside the home, especially when I was working two jobs outside the home, so I was leaving super early in the morning and then not getting home until about 4 30, there wasn't even time to set like a slow cooker up in the morning because I just, there was no morning. Yeah. There was no morning at all. Right. I was like out the door. So the instant pot for one year was amazing. I was able to, and it wasn't like a real instant pot, it was like a knockoff, but it really worked well. I was always a little bit afraid of it and the pressure thing. It kind of freaked me out. But Once I was able to kind of figure out how to use the pressure cooker, I really could get a stew or a roast, which had been the staples of our family meals for so long. I didn't want to give that up. I could get that on the meal on the table. And like, I don't know, I feel like it was less than an hour and a half. It was really fast. So we could still have dinner at a reasonable time. Then the minute I wasn't working outside the house anymore, I was like, well, why would I use, why would I use this thing I'm afraid of? (laughs) And don't. And it's kind of big and it has like a, it's heavy. It takes up a lot of space. It has um, other parts that kind of come out. That's another thing that if something has lots of little parts that have to be dealt with, that's another, like, you better really prove your value before I'm going to deal with all these parts. Then it was time for the pressure cooker to go. So it's like sometimes something has a purpose for a season um, and doesn't the rest of the time. And what I thought of with your lamb cake mold is that you use that without fail every single year and it's not like you went out and bought a lamb and a bunny right. and an egg and you didn't go to like And i some don't do
0: it at a- christmas i don't make a turkey right. cake thanksgiving yeah. and you
1: didn't go out to like an after easter sale and stock up on like 17 of them you right. have one you have one lamb cake and you use it every single year or lamb cake mold and you use it every single year so to me that's like it's like a you it's like a unitasker that is
0: often used yes used a hundred percent of the appropriate times (laughs) I mean I (laughs) guess I could be making monthly lamb cakes I could decorate them for like different like I could make one right now and and put like fall seasonal a little garland of leaves around its neck that would be why not super weird but yes
1: well it would be it would definitely be um you like taking the fullest expression of your desire to use things. Yes. Up.
0: Yes, no, <laughs> yes. it would. Yes, giving myself more work just so I can say I got the most use out of something that would be on brand for sure.
1: Well, I thought before we jump into talking about um our partners and like their because I think this is something that <laughs> we we always have different personality traits from our partners and I think like we've already kind of teased here sometimes that really comes out in the kitchen. Um but I wanted to tell this little story because it kind of is about it like plays into this idea that there are things that some people might look at as a much needed appliance. And most of us just have this and don't really think about it too much because we assume we need it. And that's the microwave. So Eric's microwave stopped working about a year ago. Um, it started sparking okay. and he took it out to the. Porch and plugged it in, and it didn't spark on the porch. So he realized it was something like in the house. It was like in the um, in the outlet, not the microwave itself. So he left the microwave on the porch for a year on the front porch, not a covered porch, porch. just on the front porch. (laughs) So we call it porch microwave. And my solution was that I just when I was here stopped using it. His solution was he'd go outside and it was like on the ground. He'd put something (laughs) in the porch microwave and then stand there. (laughs) in the cold waiting for it to finish. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just not going to use the microwave anymore. I'll just heat something up in a pan or put it back in the oven for a few minutes or eat it cold, whatever. So finally he fixed the electrical problem, had to like cut a chunk out of the wall and pull some wiring out and fix it. And now the microwave is back in the house. And I'm kind of like, well, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> like I went all these months without it's
0: it. an outdoor appliance now.
1: Exactly. And it was like it got dirt in it after a while, because like every time you'd open the door, dirt would blow in anyway. Like and there was leaves at one point in it. The point is something as basic as a microwave can seem completely essential when that's the story yeah. you are telling yourself about it. But then sometimes there's like two different personality types, like the type who once it's out of out of sight will be like, oh, I'll just figure out a different way. And then Eric will continue to go outside and use it, even though right standing outside and it's 30 degrees. So I don't know. I just thought it was kind of a funny little illustration of the different ways that we each approached the microwave. And now that it's back in the house, I would just like, I would prefer there to be no microwave.
0: Is it because it takes up a lot of space? Is it mostly a space thing? Okay. It's a space thing.
1: I I had other intentions for that place. For that place the space yeah. that it's in. I yes. That. I get that. Um, where the microwave used to go, all my tea is. And so I'm going to move the tea out and put the microwave back there, but I have to find a new place for the tea. It's all very complicated.
0: Well, counter space, whether you have a tiny kitchen or an enormous kitchen, there is a finite amount of counter space. And I know we've talked before. I, we have an episode about kitchen storage and organization that probably like is a nice pair with this one. And we talked about like people who like nothing on their kitchen counters versus not caring so much about that. But no matter what, there's it's a limited amount of real estate and a microwave does take up a lot. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, I do like a clearer countertop if I can if I can pull it off, especially as my kids have gotten older and I don't have I just have a little more control over my kitchen and my space and I um have tried to keep just the essentials on the kitchen counter. And that leads right into a story about Brian and I having a difference of opinion about what is essential and not. And it is around grinding coffee beans, which we both um, enjoy the same coffee in the morning. We had been grinding our beans in, do you know, the really small coffee grinders that you just plug in and you put in some beans at the top and we always kind of had to shake ours to get an even grind as it, as it, yeah. So we would typically grind maybe like four or five days worth of Coffee beans at a time. So we weren't doing it daily. And then we'd keep those in like a canister. And when that got low, we'd grind some more. We had the same coffee grinder since our wedding. So we had had it for probably 16 years at this point. It worked great. Um, Brian thought that the act of grinding beans was annoying. And often the canister would get low just when you didn't realize it. So now you're going to make your coffee or maybe you're going to make it the night before. And like, oh, now there's no beans. We got to grind beans, blah, blah, blah. So to me, this was not a big problem. This was like a, like just notice when the canister's low and grind some more beans type of problem. So I was in the market for zero coffee grinders, none. That's how many <laughs> I thought all. we needed. <laughs> Brian comes home with this beautiful KitchenAid. I'm linking it up in the show notes. I will link to it because the spoiler alert, I do like this thing now. It is a very, it's a, it's about the size of also like a coffee pot. So it's like a separate yeah. countertop appliance. It has this digital display, all of these different coarsenesses, and you put the beans in the top. I think it even has a timer you can set. It is the opposite of not needing a coffee grinder. It's like the Mercedes-Benz of kitchen countertop coffee grinders. And I just told Brian, this we this is not a problem, first of all. Second of all, I don't want to give up more counter space for a coffee grinder. And I was legit, I like, I'm not gonna say I was mad. It's more that I like really poked fun at him. I'm like, are you serious? Like this is really this you thing feel is this very is very necessary. necessary. It's very There's fancy. It's like a digital
1: readout on yes. a coffee grain. Uh-huh. Sure is. <laughs> so here's the thing. Is that thing. so that you can like set it to grind the beans for you before you get I up or something? I think that
0: is, but we don't even use it that way. Yeah. We still really do our same thing, which is to batch grind a bunch at once. And we keep then keep those in a in a canister. And it might be like a week's worth or whatever. So we're still actually doing the same thing. Um, but I, this is where I eat crow and I admit that I do really, really like it. It's so much less messier. And you can, when you, when I fill up the top and push grind, I can walk away. It takes maybe like a minute and a half or something to grind a whole bunch of beans, which doesn't sound like a long time, but to stand there and hold the thing down and like occasionally shake this thing while grinding (laughs) beans. It's like, it, it doesn't seem like it would matter. It's also a lot less messier. We were making a huge mess with the other one. Um, and I actually really enjoy this countertop coffee grinder. It sits back in a little alcove of our counter right next to our toaster oven. It happens to kind of fit there. And I'm just, this is me on record that sometimes Brian's it's not just overbuying. It's also like he likes a premium version of things. And I like to go to the thrift store. I like to reuse something that's been in the garage or go to the thrift store and he likes to get the Mercedes Benz. And so Every once in a while, like that will come up against each other, but also you could be wrong. I guess that was a really long way of saying like, I, I admit this one turned out in his favor.
1: I wonder what different like dynamics are at play here because typically I'm more like Brian in a lot of ways. And typically you and Eric have Uh a lot in common, but something like when you're saying he wants the Mercedes Benz and you want the thrift store version that's how I tend to be about, well, a lot of things in the house. Like, is it like a woman thing? Like we want to prove our worth by, you know,
0: grinding the beans by hand. Like, or is right. like, you
1: know, a, a desire for simplicity. Is this like gender role related? I don't know. I think it's very interesting.
0: I think it's really interesting too.
1: I never really think to go for the Mercedes Benz of almost anything, but then often when I can be convinced of it for whatever reason and get it, I'm like. Oh, yeah, now I get it. This is really nice. Yeah.
0: Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress free and hit our wellness goals with ready to eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's
1: delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMOUR.
0: Okay, we are ready to dive into some actual kitchen tools, gadgets, and products that we are loving. And we're going to start with ones that have to do with food prep. Um, and I'm really excited because I've actually had the thought multiple times over the last few years that I want to talk about these stainless steel mixing bowls, um, on the podcast. And we've done a bunch of different episodes and for, I don't think they've ever gotten mentioned, but I'm always like, someone needs to know about these. So this is a set of stainless steel mixing bowls. I'm going to call them mixing bowls. Cause we use them in a lot of baking and food prep, but they have um, lids that sit really flat loosely on the top. So they also are great for storage of leftovers. Um, they don't have like locked storage, like you would use in like a glass lock container, but they, but the lids flip fit, um, flush on the top. Once the lids are on the bowls also stack really nicely. Mm -hmm. And here's even the best part. It sounds silly, but they are color. There's Um, the bottom of each stainless steel bowl has a non-slip, uh, like silicone or rubber colored surface. So it's a, it's a silver stainless steel bowl, but the bottom will be like purple, let's say. And that one has a purple lid. Um, and then, of course, each size has a different color. So when you are reaching around to get a lid and a bowl, it's really easy. to. You really know how you and I are hard. We have a difficult time judging uh, size. Yes. No,
1: I'm not good at that.
0: I mean, I cannot explain how many things we use these for that I would have thought, oh, this is just a set of nesting stainless steel mixing bowls, which I've had before. And I really do. I like stainless steel a lot for um, for that kind of thing. Um, cause they're lightweight and the kids can use them. They get banged around. They wash easily dishwasher or hand wash. Like I cannot say enough good things about these nested bowls. Um, and, and yeah, that's it. They're great.
1: Well, okay. I have some questions. Um, first of all, this looks like an amazing vomit bowl.
0: Oh yeah. Um, the biggest, very one. fancy. The biggest and it wouldn't, one could and be it your... slip
1: off your child's lap. <laughs> no, yeah, that's
0: right. Our, handles our, vomit and a non-slip bottom. our vomit bowl is actually um a clear popcorn bowl, and that's a whole that's a whole different uh discussion. But yes, you could you could vomit into the largest size. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> um so that's what I thought when I first saw it. But also, um, I really love the color-codedness. And in theory, I think I would like the non-slip bottom. I'm trying to, I'm trying to decide whether the non-slip bottom would annoy me in any case or not. I I don't know. But my question for you is since each of the bulls has a lid, if you nest them, you have to store the lids separately, question mark. Do you also nest the lids? Like how do you do that? Mm -hmm.
0: So the way we store them, they're in a big drawer and we nest the bulls and then the lids also nest. So they sit one inside the other. And by nesting the lids, it kind of just creates a flat surface that the bulls sit on top of so if you're reaching for the a bowl that's kind of in the middle size and it's purple then you would reach for the purple lid um and it works pretty well in terms of the the non-slip rubber surface on the bottom um the one thing it's not good for is if you ever melt chocolate over if you ever want to do the double boiler method of putting a stainless bowl i have to go to the garage and get my one other stainless mixing bowl that i can use as like a double boiler to melt chocolate over a you know over a pot of water that's one i guess if you were trying to like spin and manipulate a bowl while you were whisking or something um maybe you'd want more um more slide ability but the kids I guess bake that's a what lot your vomit bowls for that's you know so no these are great the picture we'll link this up of course in the picture they come with a bunch of other tools i had forgotten like um measuring spoons and cups i think those there's i have nothing those are not anything special it's the bowls themselves that have lasted of several years and we still use them on the daily.
1: All right. Well, I think this is a great example of how something so basic and simple surprisingly can be improved upon. Yeah. And if it's the right improvement for you and your specific needs, then, then, you know, then it's the right, then it's the right purchase. Yeah. Somebody else might say, I don't need this many nesting bowls and I don't ever need this many bowls with lids. And to them, I would also say, okay, then you're right. That works for you. (laughs) That works for you.
0: Well, I have one more prep-related recommendation, and I have probably I'm a lot less um, effusive about it. But I don't know why it took us so long to get a simple food scale, um, like with a digital display where you can weigh out ounces of something or a pound of something. I remember using these when I worked in restaurants. I can't remember why I would. I wasn't. I didn't work in the kitchen, but. Um, I think I thought they were a lot fancier or more expensive than they are, but we have a very simple one. It's OXO or OXO brand, um, but it, you can get them very affordably. And they, I like them because they store, they're very easy to store. And so I, it seems like something that would be extra that maybe Brian would be into with his more advanced cooking, but I end up using it for things all the time. And I, I always like that I have one.
1: Yeah, this is one of those things that, I don't believe I've ever owned. And I keep thinking, I, I mean, for baking, it's how it's how yeah. the Europeans, they don't even use right. like cups the way we do. Um, everything is by weight mm-hmm. and for very good reason, yep. because it's much better. <laughs> so I know this is something that in my new kitchen, there is one buried. There's no way this kitchen is as equipped with gadgets as it seems to be without there being a food skill someplace. So I just have to unearth it. I know it's in there somewhere. And and
0: they don't like ours, I think maybe takes a battery for the display. I've never, there's no battery or plugging in. It's just like a very simple device that stores easily and you don't need it all the time, but when it's useful, it's very useful. Yeah.
1: Well, I've got a couple here, um, in the food prep arena And this is also very personality driven and a place where I have a little bit of a differing of opinion with my husband, but I love really big cutting boards. And I would also add to that, that having a really well-balanced sharp knife or multiple really well-balanced sharp knives, especially ones that can like, that can hold up to being put through the dishwasher or, you know, washed is just like so helpful. And there's been times in my life where cutting has been a misery and times yeah. of my life where cutting has been a joy. And right now I'm in a time of my life where cutting is a joy. And I have two huge cutting boards. One is just white plastic and one is butcher block. <clears throat> now, Eric has a set of like thin plastic ones. And I think his how idea thin? is like really like the kind you could bend
0: like a math. math. Yeah. I don't yes. know how I feel about that.
1: I don't like them. Yeah. They're too small. Now it's easy to have one sitting out all the time. And we've always got like a lemon and lime sitting out pretty much all the time. Cause we use a lot of lemons and limes and water and stuff like that. So there's a, there's a place for them. But what I want to be able to do is put all of the veggies I'm chopping. Say I've got garlic and ginger and like a pepper going. Mm-hmm. I want all of those to exist on the same cutting board in their own little pile. And then I, so I do all the prep. Yeah. And then leave it there on the board until I'm ready to scrape it off into the dish. I don't like to have a million different little prep bowls going. And I really don't like trying to work off a tiny um, cutting board because then you really have no choice. Now, I think that the other thing people like about the small ones is they're kind of bendable so you can pick them up, bend them and easily Mm. swipe the ingredient into the pot. But again, if you're wanting to have multiple ingredients going, it doesn't really work great. And I don't like doing any kind of meat on those. I don't feel like they're big enough to keep from like meat juice dripping yeah. off and okay. stuff. So to me, it does not feel as sanitary. Where so I'm willing to, sorry
0: to, interrupt. I lean
1: them. It's okay. I lean them up against the wall behind the toaster
0: okay, oh, and they my, do have to that's where be. My cutting boards are too. They're leaned like next to the toaster.
1: Yeah. And, and they do have to be hand washed because they're too big to go to the dishwasher. Yeah. And I mean, that used to be a constant thing with the kids. Like, honestly, I had, they would start to make fun of me because I'd be like, okay, who put this in the dishwasher and I'd pull it out and I'm like, what's the rule? What's the rule about the cutting boards? And anyway, you know, whatever, technically they fit just because they technically fit. doesn't mean they go in there, but I'm willing to do the work to hand wash the cutting board of my dreams. And I also will deal with the fact that there's little crappy thin ones that I don't like. Yeah. Because that's marriage. That's compromise. I will grudgingly use those stupid, useless <laughs> cutting boards. Because I, I don't think you can love. even
0: call them a board. It sounds like they're a mat, a cutting yeah, mat. Yeah,
1: cutting mats. Yes, they're not really
0: boards. We don't have they, any of those. We have assorted, cheap, small ones. And then we have one big white plastic one that I, uh, you're right. I really like the big one. Um, and we got a medium size kind of bamboo one that I like. Okay. But I don't love any of our cutting boards. So I'm intrigued.
1: I will also say when I was living in and actually the big butcher block when we left at the old house in the rental. So right now I'm just down to the big plastic one, but I really liked it. I just left it laying flat often. It made, I didn't have nice countertops there and it kind of made the counter look prettier. And that one would only be used for like kind of dry stuff. So right. I didn't even really wash it very often. I'd just wipe it off It'd be like breadcrumbs. Yeah, bread and yeah like I apple, do that sometimes, you know?
0: but then it'll get yeah. used for something or like, I don't know. It's like the kids can taste, um, an onion, for example. Yeah. Like uh, then if I'm slicing a banana, it's going to, it's going to get noticed, Megan. <laughs>
1: of course, of course. Can't have a banana no, and banana onion. Um, So another thing that is, you know, in these mystery cabinets and cupboards that I'm digging through and discovering things is that like, while I have been theoretically a person who wants to get into things like food preservation, um, I usually would stop at the most basic tool for that thing. So like I did some, I did some, um, dehydrating of food, but I did it like in the oven on cookie sheets. Okay. And I have done quite a bit of canning, but I've only ever used like a big stock pot, um, which means you can't do meat. You can't do anything you can only do like with the water bath canning. It's called you can only okay. do acidic stuff like you could do a strawberry jam okay. or something like that. But anything that's not acidic, you have to have a pressure canner. So Eric owns a pressure canner. Oh, now I own a pressure canner, um, a dehy- like a food dehydrator, like the kind with several like tiers where it like rotates the food and dries oh. it out. Uh, that thing that sucks out the, the air, you know, Uh, like the, yeah, if you were going to vacuum seal, my dad smokes fish. So
0: I think he must have something like that because I've seen also is in there,
1: um, a big juicer thing. Like he's got all this fancy stuff that some of which may not last if we decide we need that cabinet space, but some of it I'm intrigued by. And he's got, like, I've had a KitchenAid mixer for years like everybody around here I live in KitchenAid land so everybody has a stand mixer because you could like they they practically give them to you when you move to town (laughs) at some point you will end up with one but Eric has like the pro one with all not all the attachments but with the ability to get the attachments like um the meat grinder attachment or like the pasta maker attachment or there's just so many things I haven't explored with the fancier KitchenAid, that I'm kind of excited.
0: I'm excited for you. And know. knowing Eric, I would believe that he has kept track of all the parts and pieces. So even though you might have to learn them, he's probably pretty he organized. Exactly he knows where everything, where everything is. is. You know what's yep. so funny? We have a regular KitchenAid. I think it's like a mid-range. It's not, I don't know. We, we've had it since our wedding. So 18 years, 19 years. Um, but, but Brian told me that during the early part of the pandemic, he ordered a pasta attachment. We had never done that, and you can attach the pasta maker to ours. And that we made, tried to make handmade pasta. And I remember literally none of this. I think I remember con- that. I think I remember you telling me about that. I mean, I've blocked. I'm. I hope I'm not the only one that has blocked out some things from early, early shutdown days. But we had this conversation with some friends who were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna try that." And Brian's like, "Yeah, we we have one. We did it during the pandemic." And I'm like we did like, where, where was I now you're saying you remember it. I, I really think I just blocked out some things from those, those days.
1: We should, we should compare notes at some point. Um, now I want to re- not retract something I just said, but to make it clear, because I did work on a kit, KitchenAid was a client when I was at that, that, uh, marketing agency. So I should know, I should know my ins and outs of the stand mixer. I believe it is true that all of the attachments fit on any stand, any KitchenAid mixer. Okay. So I think it doesn't matter what size you have, okay. if it's a fancy one or not. I believe all of the attachments fit, but there's something about like the fancy pro. Well, first of all, he has those attachments. I never bothered to buy any before, yeah. but also he's got like the pro mixer, which I think allows you to like without burning through your motor.
0: Yeah. I was going to say it's got to be the motor.
1: Yeah. It, it's bigger, like it, like the way that the bowl attaches is different, and the motor I think is stronger. Yeah, there's so. definitely
0: different. Yeah, different styles because the one my mom has is very different than the one I have. Even the way that the hinge lifts up, yes. Um, and the way the bowl attaches, I'm like, what, yep. what is happening here?
1: What well, this is very different. <laughs> so once I know more, maybe we'll maybe I'll just do a whole episode where I just talk about all the wonders of the stand mixer and. You could try making pasta again and see if you remember this time.
0: If I remember I have one fewer glass of wine before that <laughs> Italian feast, I guess. Um, oh, my gosh. It was yeah. a pandemic. It was a strange time. It was a strange time. <laughs> OK, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet.
1: Sarah, our sponsor, Hia Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Higha Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? The deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Sarah, I want us to talk a little bit about actually cooking with um, some of these gadgets and gizmos, because what we've talked about so far is mostly like prepping Mm -hmm. um, and getting the ingredients ready. I talked a little bit about preserving, but now I'm going to talk about some of the things I use while I'm actually cooking.
0: Well, this is kind of funny because as we were preparing these episodes, I had no idea that of the products I was very excited to talk about, almost none of them involve cooking. Well, that's
1: funny. Well, that's kind of on brand though, right? Like you prep things so that Brian can cook them yeah. Or, yeah. or you make beverages, which is also very important.
0: Yeah. And I, I cook, but I cook when I do cook. I'm less, I don't really care what the gadgets are. I'm, I get less right. excited about the cooking itself.
1: Well, I have a few, some of which you've all heard me talk about before, but I'll bring them up again in case um, it's been a while. And um, one of those is my Dutch oven. I use my Dutch oven, I mean, two or three times a week, at least. I would say of all of my cookware, the Dutch oven is the one, the most versatile. I can't think of too many things I couldn't do in the Dutch oven if pressed to. That I can do things in that I can't do in anything else. I agree. And so I love it. I love it. I love it. And I know you also use yours.
0: I do very much. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, while you were talking about a uh, food scale, it reminded me that my digital thermometer broke a while back. And I had one of the ones was where um, you stick the little prod into the meat and then there's a wire that mm-hmm. comes yeah. out mm-hmm. so that you don't have to open the oven door. I got pretty good in my old house at not really needing it. Like, I just understood the oven pretty well. It was kind of a slow oven. So, like, my general rule was, like, leave it longer. Right. (laughs) Um, When in doubt, leave it longer. Now, in the new house, the oven is nicer. It's newer. It's got convection. I feel like I could use that again because I feel like I'm all off. Uh, The cook times are not correct, and I don't know if I'm not using the oven properly. Like, there's different ways you can set it, and I don't know if I'm just not doing it right or what I feel like I almost need to then go reinvest in a digital thermometer to kind of like to teach myself this oven. I would also say that a digital meat thermometer, when I first really got into cooking was a game changer. Mm -hmm. If there was like one thing I would tell a, a novice cook or like a, um, I guess intimidated cook, you know what I mean? Like a a hesitant Mm -hmm. cook, to get, it's a digital thermometer because it's going to teach you so much about what's happening inside your oven without you having to open the door
0: over and over. That's smart. Really smart. I don't, I mean, again, anytime there's like a big hunk of meat, it's probably Brian who's doing it. I cook a lot with meat. I don't want it to come across like I never cook, but not necessarily. Yeah. We just have almost 20 years of dividing and conquering. And he is really interested in ways to cook proteins and different proteins. And I, that is not my, it's not my domain at this point. So yeah, we've had a, an assortment of thermometers, including oh my gosh, including some really newfangled thing that like told him on his phone, what the temperature yeah. was. It was out on the grill. Yeah. The meter M E A T E R. Do you know that one? We can link no. that up. Cause I do think Brian really liked that one.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think mine was like OXO brand or something and it was fine, but I'm in the, mood, I'm in the market for a new one. So market. I'll look at the meter. Um, I mean, Sarah, the rice cooker, right?
0: Yeah. You influenced me on the rice cooker. And, um, going back to what we were saying at the top where, you know, sometimes there's a season where the instant pot or the crock pot seems like a good idea, but you don't really use it. I didn't, I honestly didn't know if we would use the rice cooker as much as you had raved about, but I'm, I think our whole family is so glad we did it. And I think I was a little bit of the mind that maybe it's solving a problem that I didn't really have. Cause I cooked rice on the stovetop all the time and, and I would just, you know, stir it and cover it and set a timer for 35 minutes. And it didn't seem that hard, but I don't know why it's just so much better to have it in the rice cooker. I, and I love the one you influenced me to buy. It's
1: a bit fancy, but I mean, the nice thing about I think the rice cooker is it's so hands off and you can do it hours beforehand and it will keep the rice perfect like it doesn't dry out. It doesn't get cold so you don't have to reheat it. It just stays nice and warm until it's ready. So what I like about that is one of my kind of along um, with the our spatial reasoning issues Mm -hmm. that we both have. I sometimes have a problem judging how to make the timing of all the different things come together. It's hard. hard. That's one of the hardest parts about cooking, right? So if if the meat's going to take this long and the veg is going to take that long, when do I start the rice? And then what if my hands happen to be full right when I should be starting it? And having that rice cooker means it doesn't matter. I can start it three hours before I'm even ready to think about dinner and just get it like set the timer or even just hit the button and yep. it's, it's perfect. And I it's use it for a so lot of stuff besides rice too.
0: Easy to clean. It's really yes. easy to clean, like ridiculously easy. And, um, have you tried reheating cold rice in it? Yep. It works yep. amazing for that. It like brings old rice back, back to, life. to life. And there's something it's moist, like so satisfying about that Yes, because microwaving, yeah. you don't porch microwave, but I use my microwave for a lot and I love leftovers, but still something about microwaving. Cold rice doesn't it doesn't do the trick. I think
1: partly the reason that I got over the microwave entirely was the rice cooker because yeah. I would sometimes I would even like when I take the rice cooker bowl to put in the fridge with the leftovers I might even toss whatever else was in like whatever right. else the meal was hmm. into the bowl and then just put the whole thing yep. back You're
0: steaming it yeah steaming it yeah
1: yeah it's great um, another callback because we worked with this brand like about a year ago I think was Caraway and I wanted to just update that they are no longer sponsoring us but my caraway saute pan I still love it I reach for it before any other it's first of all beautiful which it really helps you know the yeah. aesthetics. but I also just really like it it is very nice um it's a great size the non-slip is super non-slip it just it's great
0: yeah we not
1: non-slip non-stick you know same difference
0: yeah we got the caraway like baking sheet like cookie sheet and mm-hmm. um also love it.
1: Well, I just have one more and this is perfect for this time of year when when thoughts turn to soup. I don't know if they do <laughs> for you but my thoughts turn to soup. Mine
0: do eventually. As as of recording <laughs> this, I am not in my thoughts have not turned to soup yet. Give me okay. October. Yeah.
1: Well, um I love my immersion blender. Um and I have had the same immersion blender for many years. I mean, it's really been adorable. It's a uh, Cuisinart um it's got a couple different attachments I mostly just use the standard one but I do cream soups it's a great alternative to getting out a jar style blender for basically anything like if I made maybe not smoothies but you could do smoothies in it you can do a lot like it really can do a lot and it it's easy to clean it's easy to maneuver around the kitchen um I think it's a lot less messy and it's fun. (laughs) Yes. So I'm a big fan of the immersion blender.
0: I think we have the same one as you and I don't use it quite as much, but I always enjoy using it when I do.
1: It does feel like you're like a, like a real chef or something.
0: Uh Yes, totally. And it's like, you're doing wizard magic because you turn this thing that has a bunch of like soft lumpy chunks into smooth. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, Okay. The only thing I had in the loose category of actual cooking um, is a set of small silicone spatulas and stirrers. And when I say small, I mean, significantly smaller than your average. So Megan, I showed you a picture. Do you see the one that with polka dots? Yes. That okay. Is so the a regular sized bowl <laughs> scraping, uh, like a bowl scraper, I call that a spatula, but is that what you call a spatula? I call it a spatula yeah. too. Okay. It, it's,
1: I don't know. Yeah. I, is it a, is a pancake flipper a spatula? I think it depends who I you ask. I think I
0: call them all spatulas. But anyway, that one with the polka dots, and I can put this in the show notes, that's not even very big. That's just a normal standard size. So the ones I'm talking about are very petite. They're great for kids' hands if if your kids are baking or stirring. But I actually find I reach for them because they give me more like articulation and control for stirring something scraping something um i've always preferred i like smaller knives i like um small spoons it just it makes me feel like i have a little bit more i think like dexterity um these the ones i love most are I think from Sir Table or Williams-Sonoma. And when you go into those higher end kitchen stores, they're often in canisters at the checkout, almost like you could use them as like a stocking stuffer or something. And I think we just got one on a whim one time, but I, I'm surprised at how much I reach for those when I could have a regular sized, I want a Hobbit sized uh, bowl scraper.
1: Well, I, I think there's a lot of practicality in these. First of all, pictured in the picture that you sent to me, at least is like a little ladle. Yeah,
0: we got a side. mini ladle. Yeah. And
1: those would be great for like filling mini muffins or doing cookies like or pancakes, something where yep. you want like a little scoop but it can't be too big. Yep. Um I also find these great for scooping muffins out of tins, like the small ones you can kind of get under the muffin if they're yep. a little if they're resisting a little bit, like there's a lot of really or scraping stuff out of a jar. Out,
0: out of a jar? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I
1: will say I have had these before Um, I've had higher quality ones and I've had like some cheapies that are really, really floppy. And those are almost, they're almost more trouble than they're worth the really floppy ones.
0: The quality makes a big difference. I'm glad you brought that up because the ones I have liked the best are completely silicone. The entire, it's like all one mold because I think it's easy to break the head off of the handle or to have the handle be kind of like chintzy and cheap. So the ones I always reach for is like one continuous block of silicone, um, where there's no like attachment. And then I agree. I think that even in the ones I pictured there, I think it's a mix of some cheaper and some higher end and the higher end ones just feel really good in your hands. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, and there's also pictured here, what looks like a, like a knife, yeah, it's like like a, that would be great like a frosting, frosting spreader.
0: Yeah, frosting spreader. Yep. All that same material. Yep,
1: and something like that to spread frosting with will be so much better than a butter knife mm-hmm. or basically like it there's something to having a really good tool for spreading frosting mm-hmm. even if all you're doing is birthday cakes if you have as many kids as I do.
0: Mm-hmm. Turns um, out
1: turns out you you need something. You need a good tool. Mom, you deserve a good tool for spreading frosting if you're going to spend part of your life doing that.
0: Yes, you do. Well, you and I were chatting about this off the podcast, I think yesterday, but, um, how one stores these kinds of scrapers and spreaders and spatulas and pancake turners is probably unique to individual kitchens, but I find it really nice to have these really handy in a drawer, all in the same kind of area. And I don't put them in the big canister on the counter that has all the other things because they are so small. They tend to get lost. So just kind of divide them up from the others, like the junior section.
1: That's smart. Ours are in a drawer um, that I'm starting to have problems with utensils being in this drawer, but I'm sure before I came along, it worked great because Eric's neater than me, but the way I want to put things away does not jive with a drawer. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, we have much more to say um, about our favorite kitchen gadgets and gear and tools and appliances. And so that's why we broke this up into two parts. We will be back next Tuesday with part two, where we're going to focus on things that have to do with beverages and then also products that have a little more to do with cleaning, storage and organization On that note, we have an episode from the archives called Kitchen Storage and Organization from 2021 that you might want to queue up if you just feel like going all in on this topic. Um, The things we talk about next week will be different for the most part from that one. Um, And then we also have a blog post up right now at themomhour.com where we asked our team of contributors their favorite kitchen tools and gadgets that they are loving right now. So we rounded all of those up for you on the blog. So Megan, this is really people can just keep going with this topic between now and next Tuesday.
1: Yes, you can go down a rabbit hole from which I hope you will one day emerge so you can listen to the next episode. But, you know, it's a fun place to be. So if you just want to stay, do that deep dive and stay in kitchen gadget land, we who wouldn't want to just who wouldn't want to just like get locked for a weekend in a kitchen gadget store? I can't think of much more fun than that.
0: As long as we eventually emerge and make food in our kitchens, I could probably just talk about storage and organization and never make a meal. But eventually, we also cook for our family. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. See you then. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage.
1: And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes.
0: Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon.
1: The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance.
0: Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code TheMomHour. Go to Erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K. E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter.